Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone, Limestone Athletics. Welcome, everyone, to another podcast with Six Degrees Within YGK. Today, we have owner, founder of Samatha Yoga, Jamie Wood. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, welcome. Um, so, thanks for doing this. Um, uh, actually, I got your number, like your contact through Lucas King, who's been a member of ours for a few years. So, no, thanks to Lucas for saying, hey, reach out to Jamie, I know a way. So no, thanks to Lucas. So let's jump into a little bit about your story here, like how you got into like beginning, going way back. How do you got into yoga mm-hmm. and all that? Like, let's hear the full story. Sure. Um, so I am a born and bred Kingston girl, just north of Kingston. Um, and so this is my high school space. I've left and traveled a bunch. Um, but as a young child, I was a dancer. And so dancing for me was... You know, my form of expression, my form of exercise, I also did, you know, the, the typical extracurriculars you do in high school. And um, and through all of that... Uh, you Actually, know, over, real, real quick, what high yeah. school did you go to? I went to Sydney and I went to LCM Bay Ridge for my last two years, or oh, my okay. last year. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. right on. So, um, yeah, so the, the physical stuff for me was always much more of a form of expression. It wasn't like going to the gym, working out, losing weight, that kind of thing. Although there was a lot of pressure of that, which there is in... A day-to-day normally um, but once I sort of hit my peak in dance uh, you know did the teacher thing um, I kind of got sick of it I tried to do the gym to be honest uh, I did the good life membership and I ended up only taking the yoga classes <laughs> and so I was really lucky because my first experience with yoga was with a girl her name's Ariel Nash you might know her no. she's now in BC um, and she has a, an Ashtanga yoga t- uh, studio out there and she was at good life mm-hmm. okay. and she um, I believe I believe she's uh, she studied heavily in kinesiology. I think she's she's big in the anatomy component of, of yoga, um, and so um, yeah, I ended up taking a bunch of yoga classes with her, and I uh, really liked it. But I got much more of an authentic experience than the typical gym yoga experience, which I think was probably pivotal in me learning yoga. Um, How old were you when you were doing all this? Uh, that was probably when I was about twenty three. No, no, like younger than that, maybe 21. And uh, at the time, I was working um, for a restaurant that's no longer there, but it was called Gusto. Um, it yep, was in yep, the I, I remember going mm-hmm. to that one, yeah. And I ended up managing there for years. And because of, you know, the, the context of Kingston and being such a university town, you would have all the people that I worked with leaving and coming back for homecoming, and I was still standing behind the wood, and I was like, oh, God, I have to do something with my life. This is not what I want to do. Um, and so while I really enjoyed my job there, I, I actually had a, a friend of mine who I worked with. She had gone to Costa Rica to do a teacher's training and invited me to come afterwards and travel. And I ended up going the next year to do my teacher's training at the same place. Okay, where was that? Uh, um, it was a place called Nosara Yoga Institute, and it was in Costa Rica. Um, so I'd been there probably four times now on different trainings and, and holidaying. And 
yeah, so that was that. Those are my initial teachers, and their names are Don and Amba Stapleton. Um, they actually don't facilitate out of there any longer. They did it for years and years, but they're they're back in the states, which is their home. Now, when you go do your training for yoga, is it like you start off like an introductory type training, like a basic level one, or how does that work? I- yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, they basically do it based on hours. So they're, the base sort of teacher's training is a 200-hour yoga teacher training. And so within there, there's you know certain components of um, you know, philosophy and business and, and you know, independent one-on-one working with people and methodology and um, anatomy. And, and so it's broken down with so many hours in each component. And... Um, yeah, and then you just kind of figure out your niche from there. So some people will work more in a restorative or a therapeutic kind of way. Other people will work much more in a, you know, a vinyasa sort of styled practice where it's much more demanding. Okay, what's a vinyasa? Like all the terms, I know only a little bit yeah, of the terms. So that was going to be one of the questions. <laughs> I have to go like, back to beginner's mind. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like what's vinyasa? Vinyasa. vinyasa. Um, so there's sort of an umbrella of, of yoga practices, and then they, they kind of venture out. So there's many paths of yoga. You actually don't even have to land on a yoga mat to be a yoga practitioner. Um, you could do something as simple as being a karmic yogi, like a, somebody who works at the Salvation Army would be considered a yogi. Oh, okay. um, and so when we go to our yoga mat, there's different ways of, of basically grounding into present moment awareness. And that's, that's what we're doing on our physical mat and being really um, conscious of what is actually factually here. Um, because what takes us out of our body and takes us away from being in joy is the stress of being human. And that includes busy minds and, you know, cultural and family and work pressures. And they all create stress. And stress is very damaging for your body and your heart and, you know, your thinking. And so it's ways of helping us to really understand what is here and how we are behaving within that boundary of what's here. You know, are we reacting to things? Are we responding to things? Now, is that how you got into it? Because, like, at the time when you started doing yoga, you're stress or did you start to learn all this after? No, it was more because I wasn't using my body. I was, I was kind of peaked at the dance thing, getting a little tired of it. I'd done it since I was like, I started when I was three. Um, and so I wanted to move, but I didn't like the idea of going to work out. I felt it very competitive, but I also felt it, I didn't feel good in my body when I did it. I felt, um, discouraged all the time. I was comparing myself to everybody. Um, my ego was taking blows left, right, and center. It just wasn't a very, it it didn't make me feel good. And when I was in a gym setting in front of mirrors, I found that it was, um, I I always felt like I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I had, you know, certain motivations, but as I started to learn more about the philosophy of the practice and how we're supposed to be self-reflective in those moments and is there another way and can I do this and, and feel differently, um, that really stood out for me. And it became a very safe place, to be honest. It was a, a spot for me to be able to go and um, and just do me and not have to be in comparison or, you know, and that sort of stuff. And then I just found that those kind of ideas, they leaked into outside relationships. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. No, and I always found, like, that's what exercise is for me. Because mm-hmm. um, I think at the end of the day, it all we're all should be trying to achieve the same thing, doing your own form of expression, releasing the stress, because that's what we tell everyone who comes into the gym too. This is your time. This is your release. Um, It's just a different style of it. That's how I see yoga. Well, and I think that the... 
I mean, there's nothing simple about standing on your head or your hands and moving your legs all around in certain ways and maintaining a breath pattern. You, you can't do that in an aggressive way without potentially leading yourself to injury. So yoga can heal injury, but it also can create injury. Um, and it really does have to do with your ability to kind of check in to see, you know, how you're approaching each of those movements, how you are you know, regulating your breathing in those moments to, to trigger the part of your nervous system that's going to keep you in, um, you know, rest and digest rather than being in a completely up-leveled place. And, you know, yoga gives you the means and the understandings of when you need to up-level things and you need your fight and flight to kick in because that's a healthy stress response mm -hmm. as long as you're not living in it all the time. And when you live in it all the time, that's when it becomes less effective. Well teaches you to be mindful, right? Mindful Absolutely. of the thing. And like a way I like to call it is like switch gears. Yeah. Yeah. So you go from one thing because we do find that even when people come into the gym, like they have a hard time putting their phone down. And oh, you're like, I have a hard time putting my phone down. Yeah. Have a hard time oh, for sure. And I'm down. just like, you guys are here for 60 minutes. Put your phone down. Like, I know I just got this one last text I got to do with work. It was like, what time do you finish work at? They're like, uh, 430. It'd be like the five o'clock at this point. And they're like, exactly. Put it away. Right, yeah. and I think that's a huge obstacle for everyone, and that's why releases love like exercise is such a great thing. Well, and I think being able to, um, I mean, the biggest thing with a yoga practice, the hardest thing with a yoga practice, is just making the commitment to walk to the door to get on your yoga mat. Once you get there, very rarely does somebody leave a yoga practice and not feel better. Yeah. Like they always feel better. Well, no one ever regrets going to yoga no it's the hardest part is the financial commitment for sure mm -hmm. and the time commitment and and actually walking through the door and 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 getting on the yoga mat because there's a lot of um you know there is a lot of fear in a yoga studio which is weird because once you get there hopefully you feel that it's not a you know it's a non-judgmental space and and I think a lot of people when they can actually get into the door and go oh this is what we do they're like you know that that kind of pulls back um but the the idea of being able to go in and just really do self-care um and and to actually carve that time out to do that for yourself because I think that that's the hardest thing for you know, we have a lot of students, we have a lot of um, middle-aged, and we have a lot of people that are in the, the sort of later phases in their lives. And it's it, it can target all of those people. We have kids. I teach a, pre a prenatal or a baby class, you know. Yeah, so, I've seen that on the website, like, yeah. And it's so, it, and it's full, the class right now. That you can't get into it until the next session. So, I mean, that is, it's wonderful that you can do yoga for all stages, and there is a yoga for all stages. It's just finding your niche. Do you ever find that when people come in, they're like, uh, like they're quite timid or they don't think oh, they're going to be good about it. They're the going to be good at, at it. I can't, I can't, I, I can't stretch. I can't. I'm like, well, you don't take tennis lessons because you're already a tennis pro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you take it to learn it. And, and yoga is always changing. Like when I first started yoga, I was much more of a physical practitioner. Like, I, I mean, I'm still a physical practitioner, but um, the physicality component meant more. I wanted to do the big poses. I wanted to do the hard classes, throw me in a hot room any day. Like those were the, the way I wanted to practice. Now, you know, 20 years later, um, I have much more of an appreciation for the quieter classes, for the stuff that stays a little bit lower to the ground. I know when I need to move my body because I'm not, and I can feel it in my body. There's a, there's a relationship inside that I've, 
I can start to understand when I need to hit my mat, you know, and what kind of practice I need in order to balance what is it out of balance. So the meditative component through COVID, my God, like it has been so beneficial. Um, the, you know, I have a eight year old son, um, and twin stepdaughters that are 16 and a partner and a business and it's been COVID and it's, it's all been crazy. And so knowing that I don't have a lot of energy to put out, sometimes I, you know, go to those other practices that are going to feed me and, and it makes you feel better. Yeah. Now, do you ever have time? Do you ever have difficulties trying to step aside and do your own yoga session or like yes. p- putting time to, yes. for yourself? Cause I, that's a lot of times with me like, um, sometimes even in my own gym, like at the CrossFit gym there, I have a hard time doing, jumping on the classes sometimes. Absolutely. Just cause when I'm in there, kind of like you're looking around and be like, okay, why? Okay. We got to fix those boxes. Like, we got, down, uh, yeah. The, the okay. The music's too loud or yeah. yeah, I always got. The person's not doing this. You're yeah. Like the coach and be like, no, you haven't talked to that person in like nine minutes here. You gotta go over, check on them. Yeah. So I have a hard time doing that. Like, do you find the same thing with yourself or are you able to fully make yourself escape and change gears like we just mentioned uh before class i am always in you know business owner hat for sure i'm always you know helping at the front desk or making you know just always there's something that is me not just being the general student walking in and lying down yes after class i feel great usually it's a nice conversation with the people i know there on my mat i can turn it off for sure i can i there will be moments you know, that I might notice the light being a little bit brighter than I would prefer, but I can get past that because I can start to, again, look in and go, Jamie, just stop. You know what I mean? Enjoy your practice. Find your breath. This is the moment that you're supposed to be paying attention to. You're distracted. Come back here. And and that's the practice. Well, that is like a skill that you're just talking about. Like you have to teach other people to do that too. And you have to lead. And I can't do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. I can feed you the information, but you really have to, you really have to pause and and find the breath. That's really the practice. Yeah. Now, how did you get into opening up your own yoga studio? Um, Well, when I first um, started, like I said, I was managing in the hub. I'd been doing that at that point for about seven years. And um, when I started yoga full time, I we kind of had a conversation at the the desk uh, in one of our management meetings about it was actually in regards to pay and being paid as managers while we were managing. And it was like, you guys make a ton of money, which was true. And we did. I think it was more principal for me at that point and then a couple of the other people that were had a lot of responsibilities. And, and um, you know, I loved working there and I have my best friends from working there, but I just, I needed a change. And so I thought I had worked for a year and a bit um, for another studio locally, um, but they had a very dominant practice as their main um, focus, which is a specific style of, of yoga. Okay. Um, my training was much more interdisciplinary, so it did see all yogas as very even um, and important. And I just felt that after working there, there was something missing. I was like, this is not offered here. And so I decided to open it, and I made a decision to go way on the other side of town because I was working downtown at the time. 
and uh, just a nonstop on toes. And I cried every single day when I did it because I was like, oh, my God. Like, you cried, like, because you're leaving the other one? You didn't no, want... I was crying because of the decision to open my own business oh, and only sure. three people coming in a day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Um, and, you know, I did that for a year. And I, I, was, I had picked up, again, actually, I was bartending on Saturday nights at the Grizzly Grill. And I uh, went into work one day. I got dropped off at the front instead of driving and parking in the back. And there was a unit that was right beside that happened to have a for lease sign. And I went, hey, what is the deal with those people? Like, who are the, you know? And my manager at the time said, that's your yoga studio. I was like, yeah, it is. And that's awesome. to try and convince at that point, it was like, dad, I need help. I was like, I need help building. I need help, you know, probably financially. Um, and I'd been a year in a business that wasn't very successful. Um, cause it was in this little hole in the West end and, um, and yeah, they believed me and supported me and we opened it and 15 years later, I've got a new location for my West end studio, which is wonderful now. Did you ever shut down the West and one we just or moved just it. moved it. Okay. Yeah, we moved it. We had some we had some issues with some leaking in the roof and and just wasn't getting dealt with in the way I felt that it needed to. And so I started looking elsewhere and it was one of the best decisions I did. Um, so that was about probably six years ago we moved that. Um, and yeah, so I have two locations and I've had two locations since I guess year two. So one for the first year and then we opened the second one by the second year. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um with all the, I know like the last year, 18 months and all that has been super difficult, right? Um, owning any business, the constant pivot, the changing and all that. And you're talking about how when you want your members to come in, kind of be fully relaxed, mindful, forget everything. How has that been when, because like, especially in the beginning, COVID, everyone was kind of scared. Everyone's like, uh, being nervous. How is it trying to get your clientele to come in and be fully relaxed? while operating in a time where everyone's nervous about being around new people. Was that always kind of a difficult... Well, we're still doing that. Yeah. We're still doing that every day. Um, you know, there's certain things that are being put in place that are making some people feel safer. Um, we do everything that we can as far as facilitating that, you know, we think is important to do and that has been asked for us to do. Um, but we've certainly have to pivot our business. We've gone through lockdowns, so we... we Throughout all of COVID, the only time we actually didn't offer service every day, multiple times a day, was for the very first four weeks. Yeah, I think so, that was kind of normal, everyone, because no one knew. Everyone's yeah, like, oh, we, we're closed we for two close weeks. We right don't know away. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And we offered free classes on YouTube just to keep our people engaged. There was a lot of administration because it was cancel, 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 questions, 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 scheduling holds, et cetera, for memberships. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of fear for sure. Um, but we, we did everything that we could as far as pivoting to live stream. I think I've bought, oh my God, 25 different microphones and different headpieces and sets and cameras and tried to get all the staff, you know, virtually teaching online. Um, so my program, it was actually uh, really good. They, they had been planning a live stream option. They pushed it out quick so it wasn't really up to snuff so we did kind of go back and forth with zoom and this program as uh, live stream which we now when you say do. this program this is like a separate yeah it's a program specialty for yoga okay. yeah it's yeah okay i know mind body yeah it's used a lot in gyms and stuff but they have a live streaming mm -hmm. component that we use you know that's that's exclusively what we use now except for with like 
programs and stuff um, because it doesn't actually connect with events, what they consider event registration. Um, so we still use Zoom for that, but everything else is all through MindBody. Um, but now we actually are able to expand our services a lot. So every one of our classes that we offer in studio are all live streamed. So for people who wouldn't want to go to a hot yoga class before, but still wanted a power practice, um, they can do that from their house. Um, we have lots of things like uh, we do complimentary meditation on Wednesday nights that is live stream only. Um, and, you know, these kinds of things people wouldn't have done before. People wouldn't have gotten in their car and driven 20 minutes to come to the studio to meditate for 25 minutes, but they'll go online. They will take an 8.30 class at night to wind down before bed where they wouldn't get into their car and go to the yoga studio. So for a lot of people, when they actually try the live stream and realize what it's like, um, they can actually increase their practice, which has been a good benefit. There still is a lot of resistance about, around just live streaming, but the more people are seeing how it operates within the studio, right? They come in, they land on their mat, they see us communicate with the live stream people and they go, oh, I could have done this from home too. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they tend to practice way more, which is great. And that way you can still keep your like numbers up in a well, class because I know there is the right. business side of it. That we're a quarter capacity right yeah. now. So where I'd put 30 mats down, I have seven. And I can't, you know, we didn't introduce hot yoga until, again, about a month and a half ago. So I had one whole room in my downtown location that hadn't been used in a, a year and a half. And that, that's a loss, though. That's a ton of square footage. Yeah, that's a loss of revenue. Yeah. Big time. And it's a downtown location, so it's not cheap. No. And so, um, you know, we've had to cut holes in our walls and move in our West End studio and move ductwork so that we can expand the hot room into both sides. So where we would before operate two separate rooms and have two classes running with 60 people in it, we have one class running with 14. So it's the, the costs are through the roof mm -hmm. um, in, in comparison. And we, at this point, have not increased anything as far as price-wise. Oh, good for we you. We haven't done anything yet. So we're still, you know, you know, we're still using the support that we have, but that's quickly running out for small businesses. Like yep. the, the, the rent support is running out, I believe October is the end of it. Yeah, and it's gone down a percentage mm -hmm. every single um, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it a month, but okay. Right? So your revenue, if your revenue is increasing, so that's probably a good thing if that's yeah. what you're doing. If your revenue is increasing, you're getting less from the government. But the, um, you know, the revenue is, is definitely increasing, but it's not sustained. Like it's not, it's not necessarily covering things as they are at this point, but they're moving in the right direction. And I think that, you know, hopefully soon we'll be able to lessen maybe some of the distancing now that we are a double vax space. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of those... Those things, you know, feel promising. I'm trying to stay positive. I have yeah. had to. Um, if somebody had told me at the beginning of COVID this was going to be where we are here, I would never have thought we would have made it this far. Or even like two and a half years ago, like you're going to have to deal with all are, this. They're contracted too, so we didn't um, – wage subsidy was not an option for us either. Yeah. So we've operated full schedules. Wow, that's So good. when we went to – when we actually went to opening – and the fear of people coming into the space for the first time, you know, we were teaching again to three, four people. They'd be looking around and being like, where is everybody? We feel so safe in here. Everything feels so, you know, good. And, you know, slowly, especially this time around, people are definitely starting to come back. Now, when it hit, like, were, did you have, like, a conversation with other yoga studios? Kind of like, what is everyone doing? Or were you kind of, or, like, did you have any mm -hmm. other guidelines from other people who are dealing with the um, 
Yeah, I do have I do have one. Um, there's uh, Mona Warner who is um, she owns Janati Yoga is primarily focused on teachers training. She used to work at my studio, so we've had a couple powwows about that kind of stuff. Um, but the for the most part, I I don't tend to. I really try to keep what I do as what I do, and I feel like that's the best thing to do. Everybody's going to find their own find way of operating. Them, yeah. And we did have, you know, I would have some conversations with other spaces when we went to do outdoor yoga to make sure that we were going to be scheduling spaces. Not everyone's going to the same that's spot. That's right. Or we'd you. find people coming in halfway through and we'd be like, let's talk. We'll move it forward. You move it back. Those kinds of things so that we could all work around it. Um, but you know, it, it was so busy. I really was just like, okay, here's what you do. Here's our live stream. I will keep pumping out the emails. Um, you know, getting through the admin every day was, was a lot of work. It was, it was nonstop. Ever yeah. Yeah. No, like, cause when it first happened, when the gyms started a group with all the gyms, including me, not, I shouldn't say every gym, some of the gyms were in town mm-hmm. and in some ways it was great that we were able to have those conversations cause a lot of it was just what are we allowed to do? What can't we do? What's happening? Um, how are we, how's everyone going to pivot? And so with some parts of that, that was great. And then everyone had their own take, like, this is what we're going to do. We're like, awesome, good for you. In some ways, it it's one of the positive things of COVID. Not that um, we were the gyms were ever battling before, mm-hmm. but we were all on the same page, kind of like, okay, we're all kind of in this together. We're not going trying to... Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and so it was a definitely a positive thing. So there's a few positive things that always come out with COVID, and that's what I always try to talk about. Like you were talking about how now you got multiple revenue streams, right, doing the yeah. online. Yeah. And so say if COVID disappears, like, overnight, then you always Those have that. Always stay. Those live stream always will, stay. Live streams here to stay. We will always do it or yoga. Like, it's such a success. People love it so much. And it doesn't have to be a COVID situation for people to enjoy those things. And it is so different than doing yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Like, I talk to so many people that are like, oh, I do this on YouTube. I'm like, it's very different. Like, the teacher's still communicating. If you feel okay enough and safe enough to leave your screen on, we can still talk to you and interact with you. I did... I did programs over COVID myself because the accessibility to be with teachers that, you know, I would have to normally travel to go and see, um, I was able to work with them and they were strictly virtual. And, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of those, you know, hurdles to get over, but we had all of this stuff at the beginning, um, when we first opened, right? Because, you know, 15 years ago, when I first opened the studios, there wasn't, seven yoga studios downtown there was a couple and so we had so many people everybody needed to go to a beginner's class now nobody's a beginner do you know what I mean like they are but they're not you know because they've all had some level of introduction to yoga they've all they you know you could look at a McDonald's bag and there's a tree pose on it so like you see yoga everywhere so it's not so foreign um I think that the biggest like the the biggest thing for me is um being able to help people see how multifaceted it is. It can be something to create a sense of community for you. It can be uh, something to help you heal an injury. It can be something for you to deal with, um, you know, the mental stresses. Like even talking about this one teacher that I, I, I keep thinking of when I was saying about how, how safe it was to be in the space, she had had an experience that she shared with me about coming downtown with her, um, her young granddaughter to go to get bubble tea. And she was like, Oh my God. And people were right up behind me. And I, and she was like, I was, it was the first time I had people so close. And I was like, 
but you feel so safe in the space. I'm like, what happens that day that all of a sudden we're allowed to put 15 people in this room? Are you still going to feel safe? You know, because we all have this bubble that has gotten so big and the separation that we have, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that yoga is. The proponent of yoga is non-separateness, right? And this oneness idea. So, um, these fear bubbles that we don't even necessarily know are there, um, they're all going to surface big time for a lot of people. And I think that the, I think that what yoga will be really called on is for the mental health benefits of it. Oh, for sure. And then there's something about doing the live stream yeah. than doing the, what, what do you call it? Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I yeah. never heard. Yeah. I don't know if that's a random. Yeah. But there's something that, everyone wants to check in it's like we uh, at the gym we call it accountability right yeah and because we made it available that you could do these online like you, everything was online you could do these we made the video of okay what the workout is here's the demo this is what you're going to do it's like a five minute video for every workout yep but then we offered the zoom classes it was the exact same workout but everyone's like yep 6 a.m i'm going to do that yeah and they cool. want that accountability even though some people like turn off their screen like i have no idea if they're doing it they could we, we made the jokes that you guys are just sitting on the couch drinking coffee at 6 a.m they're <laughs> yeah. like and they'll just laugh too but it was that accountability and it was just that connectness connectedness with other people yeah and, well, and you're only going to get in or out of it what you put into it right exactly. so if you want to there's a there's a, a gif of kermit the frog lying back and it's like me doing the hot power yoga class on the virtual right and he's just he's not doing any work and and that's fine like you know you're if if you choose yoga that's going to be on your back all the time you're going to get a certain level of it but you also need to recognize when you need to up level it you have to be accountable and you really can only be accountable to yourself we can be your cheerleaders but at the same point you know the the work has to be done from you you have to be motivated yourself um and being in a group dynamic and practicing in a group there's like there's a reason that yoga with adrian was around for 15 years before covid exactly, yeah. and and it never took out that experience of being in a group setting and there's there's a, a shared energy there's a shared um and a reason why you're all together, even if it's all in a, your own unique way, but like they can, you can support them, they can support you and, yeah. and to keep mode to keep going. Yeah. And people doing yoga with Adrian there, if they're doing it before the pandemic, they're probably going to keep doing it. And it's never, sure. people will, if they're doing, doing like group classes before, they're not going to suddenly switch to doing things on their own of like some recorded video from like two months ago, right? Well, I think at this point, the hardest stuff for us is to reconnect with the community that has literally fallen away from practice. I have people that were practicing five, five times a week, four times a week, and had been for a couple of years coming back into the studio now. And I was like, so what have you been doing? And they literally have not done any yoga. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, okay, so let's, let's talk about this. How do you feel? And, and they'll come out of class and they, it's almost like they forget how it feels. And, and it, so that's the challenge that we're in right now is to remind people that there is a different way to feel because your norm becomes your norm so quickly. Um, and it's, you know, it's that whole adage. If you go and eat, here we're talking about McDonald's twice now, but if you go and eat McDonald's every single day, you don't necessarily know how crappy you feel until all of a sudden you take that McDonald's away for a week or two and then go back and have it again. Well, it's the other way around, right? Like, so you might not accredit your health or how you felt to your practice until you've removed it 
and then you got to go back and try it again and then like so that you can feel it again right and so that that's a really it's a lovely way to see because people are so happy when they come into the studio now they're like oh my god well for sure and so much yeah i think that's the biggest thing that when we opened up everyone's like just feels so good to be back yeah and again some people who didn't do anything they're like oh like the first like when you do like working out in the gym and stuff you're gonna be sore the first couple days like uh, or anything new you're gonna be sore if i did a yoga Mm -hmm. class right now i'm probably gonna be wrecked just Mm -hmm. sore just not Mm -hmm. used to the movements right everyone's like it feels good to be kind of like that feeling again of kind of like okay you did something yeah you did something and just like what you just said which was perfect like you don't the norm becomes the norm right um and you don't realize it until after right even if you eat mcdonald's or if you eat crap you can go downward spiral pretty quickly and you don't really you know even just sitting on a cushion for 30 minutes and or 30 minutes five minutes and finding your breath like when you come out of that and you really give it a go and you say i am gonna stay with my breath for five minutes every bit of my inhale every bit of my exhale and a little beep goes off at the end you come out and you're like whoa Mm -hmm. like that little bit of grounding that in and of itself, if you can do that every day, like that's practicing, you know, the meditation is a, is a limb of our practice. And that's really why, you know, philosophy wise, why you're, you're moving the body, you're, you're stabilizing the energy. So it's going everywhere. Everything is being healthy so that you can sit and be comfortable and not disturbed. Um, you know, those are, those are some of the higher practices in, in what yoga is moving towards yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now one thing we always say at the gym is training for adversity, but I'm always interested in finding people's, um, balance. Right. Mm-hmm. And COVID was definitely training for adversity in our sense. Like mm-hmm. it was new, no one knew what to do, but the way you handle it kind of shows your character right now with you, how were you able to kind of like, let's go even now. How are you able to balance your life now with running a full time practice like mm-hmm. a business mm-hmm. you said three kids essentially mm-hmm. um a loved one all that like what is what does your day kind of look like in a routine <laughs> it's, uh, it's busy but you know what i also read 60 books <laughs> like and i i i make sure that i take i'm a list writer i like to write lists that's important yep, me too um i do all of the website stuff myself i do all of the Everything is, I do it. Did um, you have any training in website or did nope, you just self I learned it all myself. Oh, good for you. Right from the get-go. I built it in HTML initially. I learned all the back coding, but I like it. That's like a game to me. Okay. So that's like, those are something that I have, I have interest in. Um, I, and I, I get that from my dad. My dad likes to know everything and he likes to be able to rely on nobody. No. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but I just, um, you know, good communication is key. I think that um, the best that we can, you know, we use a program called Slack with our staff so that we can be in touch because I can go months and not see some of the, the teachers at the studio. Because you have quite a few staff. Like how many? Like uh, We have 19 on 19? staff right okay. now as far as, as front desk. But, I mean, there was a point when we had energy exchange and front desk people. We had almost 50 between the two locations, yeah. So it's it's much more manageable at this level, but there is also nobody that's kind of overseeing everything. There's nobody on the front desk that can answer the questions. Um, so, you know, everything is done online. I'm not answering your question at all. Let's go back. Yeah. Um, so my, your, I think that the best thing that I can do is to remember how important my practice is because it helps me to ground. Um, I think that... Uh, even if I can only do it for 10 or 15 minutes a day, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. I meditate a lot. Um, I usually do that probably 
I meditate, if not every day, at least five times a week. Do you do that like first thing in the morning or? I do it whenever I have a minute. Okay. I actually tend to really like to meditate around the two to three hour or two to three o'clock. I find that I get that. It was like two to three hour no, meditate. No, I was no, like, no, wow. Half an hour. Half an hour is what I usually do. Um, and I enjoy it around two to three o'clock. I get that afternoon slump. I love coffee. I find that that's when I want to go and make myself a coffee. And I'm like, no, no, you're just tired. Go and do your meditation and I can come out of that and I feel like I'm totally filled up. Um, I teach a lot, but, you know, surprisingly enough, teaching is also very rewarding. There is a very big exchange that happens with teaching. Um, well, and- it keeps you grounded too, kind of like you know what's happening, um, keeps you connected with the community, right? Yeah, Versus this well, being like because of live stream, we have to do a lot more demonstration than we ever used to have to, right? So we're on our mat. We can't go through the studio anymore. We don't do the hands-on adjustments that we used to. Like I could, I could easily just lead a class before with my voice and not be on the platform. Whereas now I stay on the platform. So I'm doing a lot more demonstrations. So I'm in my body in a different way okay. when I teach as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you wake up in the morning, are you like jumping right in? Like how many hours do you teach a yoga, say a week? Um, in an ideal world, I would teach eight classes a week. I'm okay. teaching more than that. Not that it's less than ideal but it's um there are different styles of classes which i think is important i can't do hard vinyasa practices that often i teach a 45 minute restorative class which is a much more low-key it takes a lot less energy to teach it um i really enjoy teaching classes like yin yoga where you're holding postures for four and five minutes there's a little bit more quiet time um there's a lot more focus on breath awareness there's a lot more um sort of noticing mind movement rather than constantly having to get people in and out of poses and making sure the alignment is like, I don't have to do 60 poses. I do 12. Um, so there's a lot less physical cueing as far as that goes and more space. Um, so those I find are less demanding. I can play a lot more with the philosophy, which I love. There's more time for contemplation in those classes. So it, it depends on the style of class I'm teaching, how much it actually takes as far as exertion level yeah, for me. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but the, uh, you know, eight, eight classes is what I would like. Maybe a couple extra workshops over the course of the month. I'm probably more like 11 to, to 14 right now. Um, Part of it's financial, part of it's, you know, um, for need, covering classes. There, with all the COVID stuff, there's all these, a lot of my teachers have are parents, so there's the last minute, like, oh, we just got this from the school, or, oh, you know, I've got the sniffle, I have to stay home. So there's a lot more on-the-fly subbing um, that's required. Um, so, I, you know, picking that up and just being available. Um, so, yeah, that you know, the, the teaching... The teaching I enjoy, but it's not a nine to five, right? So I can teach a class for 45 minutes at 9.30, and then I can teach a class again at 12, and then I teach a class again at five, mm-hmm. um, and then I might do a meditation at night. And it actually, sometimes it feels more daunting the day before, thinking, oh my God, I have to teach all day. But then when I'm in it, I love it's it. Not, yeah, it's not that I, When I don't do it, I miss it. 
Yeah. So, yeah. No, because um, I'm already about the same as you, four hours of coaching, right? Because yeah. um, it does take a lot of energy, right? Yeah. And we always two say. Two classes a day is ideal. When I teach three plus the meditation, sometimes I, I get that morning. It's the day before feeling of my whole day is booked. Yeah. Um, Especially, like, yeah, I got something at 9.30 and I got something, like, well, at, like 7.30. Yeah, yep. be, a, be a mom and, and answer emails. You got to hit that in before. stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's my whole day. No, the way because the way I kind of outline my day is like the day before. This so you're saying checklist, okay? Mm-hmm. From six to eight, I'm coaching. From eight to nine is emails, and then like doing changing memberships around or anything like that. Yep. From nine to ten, boom! I have to separate my day into blocks like that because for me, and everything always takes longer, right? Because if I coach from six to eight, some members hang around the gym. Really, it's like eight mm-hmm. twenty by the time I actually sit down, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh crap!" It's like. I find that hard. I think that the hardest thing about what has happened with COVID is the restrictions on time and how everything is appointments. Appointments I find really challenging. I know when I need to be in class, but I don't like to schedule. I like to do things when I need to do things. I tend to, um, I tend to operate for maybe a couple of weeks. I do a lot less. And then all of a sudden I kick in you to ramp here it up. Yep. and I ramp it up and I get it all done. Like I know what I need to do. I keep a tally. I keep, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, I blow it out. And then I take my time. Um, I actually, we camp, we have a trailer at Rito Acres. Nice. And so we lived, my son and I lived at the trailer all summer long. So, um, he would do his thing when we were in lockdown, I could live stream. I did it right from the trailer. Okay, nice. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, it gave him something to be able to do, um, where I didn't have to be on as far as a parent all the time. But I think that, you know, really checking into your support system has been important for me finding balance and, and also scheduling the hour that I want to sit and read a book. Yeah. Well, see, that's why sometimes I will like when I, when you're saying about appointments, the reason why I have to do that, because if I don't set up, like I'm doing emails from eight to nine, um, I might not check emails and then become like, if I only do one email here, one email there, things get lost. Right. And then, I find that I just waste a lot more time. Yeah. Right. And so that's why it's not like, oh, I schedule a book from 8 to 9 p.m. at night, but it's like I'm going to be done all my work by 6.30 p.m. Yeah. And have good. that cut off so I have that boundary. Do you ever find that like, – I work all day. You work all day. <laughs> Same. Well, like I'll you – like, I'll come down after putting Karen to bed and I'll come down and I'll be like – Oh, there's a couple more emails. And that, that is something that I need to fix. Um, you know, I do do better on it. I actually, for the longest time, didn't have access to emails on my phone. Yeah, I did But I have put them on my phone now, um, and it's a lot faster. I find that it's like if I have five minutes to sit, you know, get rid of all the ones that I don't want to do. Or not the ones I don't want to do, but don't really need no, to No, it's answered. not your dream. Yeah. yeah, or not even just like junk things, you know, receipts of things or whatever. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I can do really quick, but the problem with that is the more accessible you are, the more people assume you're accessible. And so when they send an email, they're sending emails for wanting to remove reservations from a class 45 minutes from now. I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, this isn't how we do it. We have to do this process. Like it's really kind of reinforcing the policies to keep every, otherwise I would just be working. Do you ever find that, like, even on a Saturday night, you're doing work? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, all the phones are forwarded to me, so I get every phone call from both of the studios, and, and that's definitely ramped up since September. So, but, again, I know that they're all getting the same message, and I think right now stability is something that everybody needs. I think that there's too many there's too many things that we can have, you know, slipped and missing that, you know, when we have a, a consistency, it's going to make us all feel a lot more safe. 
And that's what I think a lot of people need right now is to feel safe. Okay. No, that's good. If yeah. it works, if it, you find that at the so end of the day. So far right now it's working. I mean, it'll be nice when I do have that, you know, front desk crew back that, you know, I can really lean on. But right now we don't need it. You yeah. know, we have to clean so much before and after classes already. Um, so it's not that, it's not the same kind of maintenance within the space. Um, as well as everything is pre-booked. And instead of having 60 people in the studio at one point, we have 14. So it's manageable. It's for manageable the by one the person. The teachers yeah. have certainly have to do Way more than they had to and you know that's that's an unfortunate thing for for them because it's a lot more work um it's more time um but it's uh, i also think that you know in the long run i think it i'm hoping that what it does is it makes them feel a lot more proud of the space as well because they're really contributing back energetically to all of it you know yeah. and and it's very you know they're they're really needed you know and it's not um that person's job or this person's job, we're all doing the same thing, yeah. you know? Oh, that's awesome. And also yeah. you're leading from the front too. Again, not to, you're on the floor. As, as everybody else does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, have you taken any vacation in the last 18 months? Like even just like two days off or I'm going to disconnect. Have you, done uh, that? have you been able to do that? No, no, no. <laughs> but I do. I have been at the trailer and that's been wonderful. That's been kind of your grounding bonfires all the time. It's outside all the time. It's kids having fun and laughing and playing. It's like if I was stuck in downtown Kingston and I don't, it would have, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that would have been a big deal. We spend a lot of time outside and that's. Well, imagine being like downtown Toronto. I can't like, I can't. It would like. Hello, live stream. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's your only way out of that portal. I don't even like to be in downtown Toronto anyway because I'm like, where's the edge? But it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, uh, I grew up as a country person. So like I, I like to be outside and, you know, while I don't swim a lot, I like to be by the water. Um, you know, we're, we're on the water, by the water. Um, it's, yeah, the, I've been fortunate in that because it hasn't, even though we've been in isolation, I've been in isolation in a, in a community. And so it's... You haven't been alone, but you've been isolated. Alone. Yeah, yeah oh, that's good. Not alone at all. And and funny enough, you know, in those situations, I remember saying that we've gone two summers in that situation. Like I've been out there for five years now, but I remember saying to some of the people there, I'm like, for example, Lucas, that's how I know Lucas. Uh, uh, that's what I assumed me. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Lucas camps with me. Um, and so I... Uh, like, I look at them and I was like, do you know what's really funny? I'm like, everybody else in the world right now, I know what they look like with a mask. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen any of you guys with masks on. Because yeah. we're always outside. We're always in safe spaces. And for most of us, like, that's where we lived. Like, probably the six trailers that we all hung out with, that's where we were. So um, kids stayed there all summer. We all worked from there. And so it was our bubble. And so it was a safe space. And that... That, that's funny and backwards to what a lot of people's experience have been. So I think that that was a big saving grace for me. Oh, from a me like a mental side, physical oh, yeah. side and all that. You can oh. get internet there. <laughs> so yep. No, and that's all you need. You're able to run your classes. I can so. run my business from there. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, no, thank you so much for this. Now, if people are going to find you, yeah. or how would they, what's the best way of, like if they want to start doing some classes or like you get a hold of you, what are some ways? Well, if you want to actually talk to me, you can call. <laughs> it goes right I to your phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, website's easiest. Probably yogasamatva.com. It's Y-O-G-A-S-A-M-A-T-V-A.com. Um, and, you know, there's introductory ways to come into the studio. We have beginner's courses. Um, you can cross-practice between both locations. If you're 
nervous about coming into the space, you can start live stream. So there's always discounts to start and to try. Um, there's actually, if you click the free yoga spot, there's a place where you can get a whole week of yoga for free. Oh, okay. um, so you can just do whatever you can. And the easiest way is just to talk to us. We're not scary people. Just we reach want out. you to practice. Um, talk to us about our cons your concerns. Talk to us about you know financial stuff. We'll figure out the cheapest way for you to be on your mat as much as we can. And um, that, that really is the best way. You just kind of have to take the plunge and say, I want to do a yoga class because I, I need, I'm, I'm really stressed out. And we say, okay, well, this you, is, is this going to supplement something else that you're doing physically? Is this a physical exercise for you? Because it doesn't have to be that either. Like if you have a problem going from standing to the floor and the floor to standing, well, we have classes for you too. You know, so there is, it doesn't always have to be, you know, working to kick your butt, but we certainly can provide a hot detox class for you as well. So oh, okay. it's a little bit of everything. Oh, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, thank you so much for doing this. No, oh, thank you. This All is right. my very first podcast. All right, there we go. All right. Everyone enjoy the day.